0: if you've been going through perimenopause or menopause you know the struggle to find comfort in your body is real no matter what you try no matter what you do you're just feeling off that's why i'm so excited that i found hormone harmony it's not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause menopause or postmenopause it's become a phenomenon women cannot stop talking about it on social media and a bottle of hormone harmony is sold every 24 seconds Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making your life easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. And the best part, the biggest benefit, is feeling like yourself again. That's what women mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Hormone Harmony. So check with your doctor before beginning any other supplement or strategy to address your health care. And if you're curious and wanna give it a try for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code get naked at the checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code get naked for 15% off today. Welcome to Get Naked with Dr. Kate. I'm your host, Dr. Kate Balistrieri, a Beverly Hills-based psychologist, certified sex therapist, and the founder of Modern Intimacy. Thanks for joining me here where I talk about sex, relationships, mental health, and dive into your questions with practical answers and real solutions. Each week, I share insights aimed at helping you build an authentic and healthy relationship with yourself, with others, and with your sexuality. It's time to get naked, emotionally, mentally, and on your own time, physically. A growing trend recently is the practice of breathwork. And although it's an up-and-coming trend, it's been around for a long, long time. And this practice has both sacred roots, but also a lot of practical application. I've invited to speak with me today about breathwork, Dr. Kat Meyer who is a licensed therapist, she is a psychedelic-assisted therapist, the host of Sex Love Psychedelics podcast, and a practice facilitator for the Breathwork app called Othership. Dr. Kat, thanks so much for being here with me today. I can't wait to dive into this with you.
1: Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure to see you again and to
0: have this conversation with you. Yeah, for listeners, Dr. Kat and I used to be in a consultation group together years and years ago and (laughs) it's so amazing to see how we've both grown as clinicians and practitioners since that that long time ago yeah wow that was years ago
1: Mm -hmm. it's it's exciting (laughs) it's exciting to see the growth it is it is how did you first get into breath work you know i was 22 when i took my first tantra course So this was, uh, for anybody who's familiar with Tantra, this is um, particularly the white Tantra tradition. And so it was a lot of breath work. It was a lot of chanting. It was a lot of movement of the body to invoke trance states and even grounded states of being. And I realized that. And then from there, I was also studying yoga, so the traditional practices of yoga. And I've been teaching that for 15 years. And so it was realizing how breath is... The human experience is both voluntary and involuntary and how that can manipulate our internal state of being. And so for me, I <laughs> felt a lot of emotions and a lot of anxiety and a lot of, and the breath work helped to, to settle that down or regulate the nervous system. And, and it's like, oh, I can feel calm in my body. I can do that. I can bring myself there.
0: Mm, I love that. I didn't realize that you taught yoga too. That's amazing. Yeah, that's my company, Sex Love Yoga. (laughs) It's a
1: powerful medium through which we can, you know, really evolve our sex and our relationships by bringing us back into the body and back into sacredness.
0: It is. It is. I remember when I did my teacher training, my yoga teacher training years and years ago. I don't teach anymore, but I remember just being so in awe of the way the body would respond to breath work and the way that, and I love the language that you use, it's both a voluntary and involuntary process because when we bring consciousness to the breath, it's really transformative Mm -hmm. physiologically, emotionally, cognitively, and relationally. And so I wonder when you started to make the connections with the breath and movement, what were some of the initial ahas that you had in terms of how you could benefit from breathwork yourself or how clients might apply it in their lives?
1: Yeah. So in, from my background, I, I come from some sexual trauma. And so there was an innate fear in my body that I wasn't as connected to on a regular day basis. It was there. And I wasn't aware of how much I was clenching or how much you know, uh, cues in my environment would, would cause me to, to retract. And so after my first yoga practice was the first time that I felt really calm and safe in my body. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then moving forward and studying more around, you know, the concepts of, of movement in the body and opening the body and breathing through the body. Uh, it, it, Began to create more and more of a foundation of of that safety. You know, I could be with people and and can and feel connection with another person a lot more easily than I did before. Now, of course, that's also in conjunction with a lot of uh, trauma work. <laughs> you know, moving forward, but I, I think there's something so powerful in learning to be able to self-regulate, in learning to be able to inhabit your body, because that. Facilitates a sense of self leadership. You know, it facilitates mm-hmm. this. I've got me because I can learn what I need and I can take care of myself and I can discover what it is that would help me to feel most optimal or cared for and I can communicate from that space. It's really hard for us to communicate what we need when we're dysregulated. So when you put this into a relationship, you know, our partners aren't supposed to be the primary caretaker of us. We are, right? And so we take on that responsibility for ourselves and they can be the secondary caregiver. So breath work here, it, it, imagine starting your day every day with your partner doing a breath work practice. Both of you ground. Both of you start from a, calm, present state of being, and then you can move forward in your day, being able to hold the different perceptions of the other person, as well as your own, uh, as well as be able to, again, take care of yourself. And then if you even do a breathwork practice before you have a hard conversation... It allows you both to come into more of a regulated nervous system state, which is also very calm and curious and compassionate, and we can hear out the side of the other person. We're a lot more open to negotiation. We're a lot more open to seeing that there's not a threat in what they and what they're sharing.
0: So so important what you're saying, and I think it's one of the things that is fundamentally hard about relationships today because we are so busy, 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 busy. Yeah. Folks are stressed out, people are trying to make ends meet, and they end up not taking the time because they don't have time, right, to sit down and really be internally curious. And that creates this sort of self-protection that leads them through everything in the day, including their relationship and can make partners who are really collaborative in many ways and love each other and care about each other, really at odds with one another. And this idea of doing a breathwork practice together and grounding and really intentionally cultivating presence, it's, it's paradoxical, because most folks would say, I don't have time for that. We don't yeah. have time for that. But when you start making the time for that, even if it's just a minute or two, it's really transformative how that intentional interoception, so the, the practice of, of perceiving what's internal, um, can really shift the way that you connect and feel safe in yourself. You can trust mm-hmm. yourself and trust each other more uh, robustly
1: yeah yeah, I was sharing with uh, with you before the call that I stepped outside and did my own practice before I came in here. I, I was feeling ungrounded. I was feeling, oh my God, all these people have things that they need and you need to respond to. And then I was like, wait, let's just take a moment and breathe and and then be able to come onto this call fully present. And that's what I love about the The Othership app and the classes that I've designed for them, I've designed about five different intimacy classes or Mm -hmm. um, practices, and they're all designed for partners to be able to come together. And some of them are five minutes long, some of them are 10, some of them are are 20. And I, and I love the variety of that because exactly like you said, we can look at something and be like, oh my God, I don't have the time for that. But Mm -hmm. maybe we can carve out five minutes and that's accessible. Thinking about these bite-sized pieces here. Mm -hmm. And just as much as breath as, you know, we were talking about how breath can change our internal state. It can ground us, but it can also activate us. Mm -hmm. So when we, when we apply this to sex or arousal, we can use different breath techniques, uh, more of like a, a quicker pace in the breath or a movement with the breath and circulating. I, I love uh, talking about the concept of spiraling in the body, and I'm doing it right
0: now, so <laughs> I'm talking <to> you. <laughs> and
1: and uh, and sounds you know these are elements that we can all use Mm -hmm. along with touch to be able to arouse the body and activate it
0: so for people who have never done breath work before is it better to start with a partner or better to start on their own do you have any thoughts about that
1: you know I don't know that there's either or that it is better than it's Mm -hmm. it's more about what is it that you're seeking to experience so these practices in here, I think couples, if they've never spent time gazing into each other's eyes, then they may feel flutters of discomfort. They may start giggling. They may have a difficult time holding the eye contact. And to me, that is information. And so if we get curious about, OK, what's going on here? Why am I? I'm in trouble. Why am I squirming? Then we can look at that and say, oh, like I've never had a partner be so present to me. I've never had somebody see me and hold me in this space, or I've never sat here for so long, you know, being particularly focused with my breath. So I I just turn that into information. And then, it, but there is something powerful in doing it for yourself because you are in your own energy without the energy of the other person, the out, without the eyes or the potential, you know, quote unquote judgment, like, like we're like, oh my God, are they judging me. Look weird? You know? <laughs> so that can be helpful too, to create mm-hmm. a foundation, but I, I see both of them. Uh, you can start with either one of
0: them and it, it just is, yeah, information. So let's start before we get to all the really exciting conversations about breath work and sexuality. Let's assume somebody's trying breath work for different reasons initially.
1: Yeah.
0: What are some of the things they might expect to experience in their bodies, in their mind? Like, what is it like? That's a great question. And I think (laughs) the biggest change is depending
1: on what type of breath work there is. There's a myriad of of different styles and everybody's got their own name to (laughs) do their style of breath work. Um, So you can change breath by pace by depth in the body. Um, you can change it by you know, adding tones or adding touch. Um, you, can, uh, you can change it by length, so there's breathwork journeys that are much longer, and then there's breathwork that can be you know, a couple of minutes um, just used to make a state change. So it, it, if you're doing something that's more of a rapid breath or more of a shallow breath, um, something like, in yoga we call it um, Kabbalah Bhati or breath of fire, and and that will bring more of an activated feeling in the body, more an elevation of energy, and kind of like a cup of coffee where you're just mm. alert and you're awake. And it can also leave you feeling lightheaded. So some of these, all of these practices, um, we do in increments, or we have you lying down to prevent, um, to be able to support you in the change of the oxygen in the body and the carbon. Um, dioxide in the body that can cause, you know, f- feelings of tingliness or lightheadedness. In some of the breath work journeys that I do that are longer, that are about 15, 20 minutes, some clients will report having. It's so interesting i'm talking in my therapy tone <laughs> Some people will uh will have what's called uh tetany and so mm-hmm. that's where the arms curl the fingertips curl uh we call these lobster claws mm-hmm. and it's that change it's that shift in the in the blood between the oxygen and the carbon dioxide and and it does subside after you start returning to a regular breathing pattern, but for many people, they're like, "Oh my God, am I going to get stuck this way?" <laughs> and the reality of it is, is no, you'll be able to return once the once everything uh, comes back into homeostasis. Uh, but I've also had uh, personally and uh, and students have experience of. You know, feeling like a DMT experience where they're shot off into another dimension, or they um, or they experience a, you know, an internal uh, mirror of self where they're able to have dialogues with their with the parts of themselves or they are, they have memories arise or they have emotions arise. So ultimately there's
0: a lot that can happen and all of that is, is welcome. Amazing. What, what are some of the things that people can expect to feel after they've completed some breath work and they've returned to a baseline in their bodies? How does it integrate?
1: Yeah. So again, if they're doing more of a soothing, calming, down-regulating practice, Mm -hmm. they'll feel more grounded, connected to their body. They may feel more clear-minded. They may have more of a resource to be compassionate and patient with somebody else or with themselves. If they are doing one that's designed to be activating or more upregulating, they'll feel energized. They might feel a pep in their step. They might feel turned on. They might feel more motivated to, to take action or move forward with their day. They might even feel, and if they're doing this together as a couple, they may feel a deeper sense of connection between themselves and the other person. Um, One of the classes that I have is designed to weave the energy between themselves and the other person. And energy, when I'm talking about that, is more of a subtle texture of of, uh, this vibration that exists outside of your
0: body. Mm -hmm. So... Does that include partners doing eye gazing work, or is that an, a different kind of setup somatically?
1: Yeah. So for that one, I have I instruct people to be uh, cross-legged, sitting across from each other, and they start mm-hmm. out with the eye gaze, and they they move into a calibrating breath, which is just slowing the breath down and synchronizing it together. And then I have them bring their hands together, and they move in sync with the breath, the hands in a circular movement.
0: Mm. And so
1: their whole body is falling into a rhythm together that's moving in and out. And then I instruct them. And and so they'll feel the connection. They'll feel being in sync with one another. And then I guide them to start taking opposite breaths. And that causes more of a weaving effect of that energy. And when you, you and your partner can entrain your rhythms together, along with the rhythms of the music that's provided and, then, and my voice, then there's more of an yeah, opportunity of, of depth of connection, but also trance states that we can mm. experience.
0: So let's talk a little bit about those trance states. A lot of yeah. folks hear that language, they get excited, curious, they want to learn more, but it's a little scary. Some people mm-hmm. feel like, whoa, that's way out of anything that feels safe for me. But what exactly yeah. is a trance state as you understand it?
1: Yeah, a trance is a, a coming into a deep presence and where everything around you just falls away. So if you've ever stared at something for a really long time, you may notice the outside peripheral going just darker, and there's a glow around whatever it is that you're focusing on. And so a trance can be that, a falling away of outside noise or environment to be deeply present with with what's in front of you. Or your your own body, so you can have your eyes closed and and be deeply dropped into to that state.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you often will help folks with integration um, and psychedelic-assisted therapy. Mm-hmm. How does breath work? play a role in that i'm finishing my training now as a psychedelic assisted therapist but i you've been practicing for so long i would love to hear your take on how it all weaves together
1: yeah so again the breath work is a resource for somebody to be able to learn how to have control of their own internal state so as an integration tool it's really powerful because in the psychedelic experience, oftentimes their nervous system could be calm. And so now it's, how can I learn to be this calm, compassionate, patient with myself in the everyday life? And you have the, the tool of breath to be able to invoke that for yourself wherever you're at. Um, uh, within the practice, it's and the more consistently you do that, the more that you are conditioning your nervous system to respond differently to stress. So if you have a daily practice or a multi, um, uh, multi-week, uh, multiple times a week practice, you can help to tone that vagus nerve or the, um, symp- uh, the parasympathetic system. Mm-hmm. In session, there's a lot of there's a lot that you can do with breathwork. So sometimes I'll have clients at the beginning uh, use the breathwork to help to activate them and activate the psychedelic that they're using. Um in my office I use ketamine assisted therapy. And uh, you can also use breath to be able to move energy or to be able to, to smooth it out. So in my personal experience with ayahuasca years ago, I discovered that I could use my own, I, energy was coursing through me, and my whole spine was just jolting and, mm-hmm. and it was really, really intense. <clears throat> And then I realized if I slowed my breath down and I started caressing my body uh, with the palm of my hand just smoothing everything out, I could find that soft landing again while still feeling the power of the energy coursing through me. That Mm -hmm. didn't dissipate, but I could hold it so much more effectively. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for us to realize that we can control the state of being in that sense as well, um, can really create a sense of empowerment for our clients and for ourselves.
0: Yeah, it it does create this really an empowered sense of bodily trust. And Mm -hmm. that's uh, believing and knowing that we have the ability to move through intense emotions is really the cornerstone of healing from anything. And when we have that capability, and this is such a powerful tool for it, it, it's just a really different way of moving through life, because there's, of course, there are lots of um, real life obstacles to living in a space of calm or peace. But I do think that when we have that knowing inside that we can channel our own experience and we're at more of the driver's seat than before, that yeah. creates a lot of momentum to be able to move through difficult times with a bit more ease.
1: Yeah. And, and most of the, the you know, mental health challenges that we see, it comes from either the manifestation of rigidity or mm-hmm. chaos. And <laughs> these are two extremes that that we might operate as a you know way to manage or to protect ourselves, but the breath helps us to find that that middle ground rigidity, it helps to melt the rigidity and chaos, it helps to contain it. So we can find through through life stressors and relationship stressors that we can we can we can come back into that space, we yeah can take care of ourselves.
0: Connecting breathwork to sex, you mentioned Tantra earlier, and Mm -hmm. I wonder if you can elaborate a little bit more on what that really means and what it looks like in practice for folks who want to bring it into their solo sex practice or into partnered sex.
1: Yeah, so Tantra is a big umbrella term for a yogic way, a philosophy and way of life. And it really is, I think so often we get fixated on Neo-Tantra, which is just around the sacredness of sex. Um, and and ultimately it, it is a yogic tradition. It's a way of showing up in the world and, and um, translating what's around us and um, reaching enlightenment through the the... Allowance of being human and being in the body—that we don't have to transcend to reach enlightenment. We can actually be here in the body and invite the body and invite the human experience, and it's all okay. And um, so, with that, there's there is a lot of breath work. There is a lot of of chanting. So chanting creates. Uh, the sound vibration in the body that can help us to be able to, again, soothe the vagus nerve, (laughs) return us to into a regulated nervous system state to ground us, um, but also similar with the breath to be able to to ground us, um, bring us into the body. But then we can also, again, shift the the pace of of either one of those um, to be able to activate the body. And so we can move energy, um, we call this sublimation, up the body and up, uh, from the root to the crown of the head. And that may be more of a, um, it's interesting. Uh, I say transcendent state as in moving upward, but we also move downward at the same time. So again, we're not necessarily leaving. Um, we're just moving our conscious awareness and our energy into those two opposing uh, directions. So as this relates to sex, you know sex um, in Tantra, we also believe that we're uh, you know everything is divine, everything is perfect, everything is uh, spiritual and sacred. And if we were to look at ourselves and our partner as divine, as perfect, when we're making love to them, it really transforms the way that we that we have sex. It's a
0: prayer. It's like sex is a prayer or mm-hmm. sex is worship. Yeah, it's devotion when when yeah. you've got this perfect human right in front of you that you're just completely entranced with and enthralled with that kind of there's an ease in recognizing the perfection that is Mm -hmm. their humanity and ours too how
1: many of us are get stuck in our heads because we don't we don't uh feel that our body looks right or Mm -hmm. we're afraid of performance or we're afraid of you know that that of the status of our relationship. You know, it's also recognizing I'm worthy of love. I'm divine. I'm perfect in, mm-hmm. in all of my humanness and, 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 you know, my divinity and, and breath work again helps us to be able to, to calm that and to be able to connect and also to help us to get out of our heads.
0: What suggestions would you offer to people who again are curious, but Maybe don't know how to get started, or they're really into it, and their partner is a little apprehensive. How should folks talk about this internally and in, uh, interpersonally? So, I mean,
1: again, I'm going to bring up the Othership app. I think it's an excellent way to start that for yourself, because then you have somebody who's guiding you. <laughs> it mm-hmm. can be hard to start any of these practices, whether it's meditation or tantra or or a breathwork by yourself. So, I would recommend that first. And then, if you're wanting to invite this into the bedroom, and your you know partner is a little apprehensive, you can start something simple with, um, uh, you know, inviting them. Hey, can you place your chest on my chest and breathe with me for a moment? Mm. So it's an e. It's it's not as big of a commitment, and it do- And they can feel how good this feels. It feels really pleasurable mm. to synchronize breath. I've had. The number of clients tell me how much just doing that changed the way that they related with one another in the bedroom.
0: It is really transformative, especially when couples are struggling to connect and they're struggling to be on the same page about things. Creating that opportunity for co-regulation and skin-to-skin contact and all of that shared energy together really does bring bring partners into this space of just humble appreciation for one another. And it is a great recalibration exercise. hmm Yeah.
1: Yeah. Great. I've had, I've had uh, students ask me, you know, that their partner is really dysregulated whenever they, they, uh, you know, go over to their house and, and they're like, does that mean that, you know, we're not going to be able to have a, uh, you know, does that mean I need to find somebody who can self-regulate? And you said the word co regulation. And I think that's really important for us to mm-hmm. to bring in here because, yeah, I, I believe it's important for us to have both of those skills of self regulation and co regulation. Co regulation yes. being the practice of let me use my nervous system and down regulate my nervous system and how that affects the person around me. Mm-hmm. And, and that helps us to create a sense of um, a um, uh, safe haven. For Mm -hmm. us, can I come and that's why it feels so good when we go into the arms of our partner, and they and it's calming because there's that co-regulation going on. So with the conscious awareness, we can use this tool uh,
0: more purposefully Mm -hmm. in in
1: the relationship.
0: Amazing. What are some of the obstacles that folks run into as they begin a breathwork practice?
1: I think the biggest one is consistency. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they'll have a good streak for a bit. And I, I fully admit that, that that happens to me sometimes. They'll have a, a, a good streak of it and then something will interrupt or they'll get bored or they'll feel like they don't have time, like you were saying, and then the practice falls off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that consistency is hard. I, I think it... Yeah, some people will choose one type of breath work and do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I prefer to change mine up because the the variety um, keeps more of an interest. I'm a lot more likely to stay with something if I'm changing it from time to time. So I'll tune into what I want to experience or feel for that
0: morning or what I have to do that day. And I'll,
1: and I'll pick the practice for that.
0: That's really smart. I think that novelty does create more enthusiasm, um, for a lot of folks. I think sometimes it can also be really scary for people when they've started this practice and they start for lack of a better word, uh, waking up into more consciousness. And I think that it can feel lonely sometimes if the folks around you are not also intentionally practicing more consciousness and I think some folks unconsciously kind of Peter away from it and become less consistent because it's really scary to think about what might happen if they leaned into the practice. I wonder if you see that too. And if so, how do you help people find a connection to the practice that doesn't feel threatening to their relationships?
1: Yeah, I see this uh, across any of the modalities that bring us more inter- internal and bring us into ourselves because, you know, for a number of reasons, yeah, is this going to isolate me from other people? Um, are people going to reject me if, if you know, if I start standing up for myself or you know realizing what I need? Mm-hmm. But also, the um, the more that you're aware of your of what you need in your internal state, the more you have responsibility to do what you need to take the action mm-hmm. that's aligned with you. And that's scary. It's like, am I going to be okay on the other side of that? And, and I think these tools help us to remember, I I, I will be okay. I am here for myself. I am continuing to show up for myself. So, um, certainly, and if the things fall away or the partner falls away because you are taking care of yourself, then that is just revealing and allowing to leave what's not supportive of your of your health
0: and your highest, optimal self. Yeah, I agree. It can bring up some grief, and also it can make a lot of space for different connections that feel more sustainable, more enlivening, and more Mm -hmm. available. Yeah.
1: I do breathwork journeys at the retreats that I do, and I'm thinking of a number of faces who... (laughs) They had never done anything like this, and they were new to the self-development, introspective world, and they didn't realize how much anger and grief they had in their bodies. And so when I'm saying a journey, again, this was probably 35 minutes long. And so the consistent with a breath um, and, and holding there really unlocks the body from its rigidity to allow the emotions to start flowing through. And for many of us, we're afraid, I hear this so many times, I'm afraid that I'm going to be overwhelmed by my emotions and I'm going to be lost to this pit of blackness forever, of depression, whatever it is, depression, sadness, anger, and it's going to overtake me. And in this experience, they realize they do surrender. It does, over, in a sense, overwhelm them, yeah. but then it leaves mm-hmm. and it's spent rather than
0: staying consumed absolutely i think that's been one of the more powerful revelations in my own practice with breathwork especially when paired with psychedelics because i've always had a pretty healthy relationship with my own anger but i was really surprised at just how deep it is ingrained in my body and breathwork for me has allowed me to have access to that in a safe and constructive way and also to allow it to move through and to dissipate out Mm -hmm. and the peace that lives in the body when we can move that anger and rage through and and out is really liberating and hard to explain if you haven't experienced it
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and same with crying. Mm-hmm. You know, crying is a down regulation response of the body to bring you back into a homeostasis. It's a release, just mm-hmm. like an orgasm. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever had a crygasm or started crying an orgasm, <laughs> it's just your body turning, to you know, bring you back down. And how many of us store, you know, grief and anger and in the body? Um, it does feel relieving for that reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember it, it was a, it was a big fear of mine, um, to go into the depression or go into the the grief that I had been holding. And I remember, um, times in which I, uh, allowed myself to, and I'm going to explain this, this statement, die into mm-hmm. the emotions, die into the experience. In Tantra, we talk a lot about the concept of rapture. Rapture is a full encompassing a dying into whatever the the pain point is or whatever the event or thing is Mm -hmm. to be able to to uh be transformed or transmuted but if we avoid or we try to protect we'll never be able to transmute that or to be able to yeah transform that in our own selves we get Mm -hmm. stuck in that space
0: yeah. Stuck trying to defend from it instead of dying into it or leaning mm-hmm. into it. Surrendering.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Letting
0: go. Letting it engulf you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Dr. Kent. This has been such an informative and insightful conversation. Where can folks reach you if they want to connect with you or work with you? Yeah.
1: They can find me at sexloveyoga.com and they can also follow me on Instagram at SexLoveYoga. I also have a podcast, Sex, Love, Psychedelics, where we have all these types of conversations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you again. And if breathwork is something that you are really curious about, but don't know where to start, I highly recommend checking out the Othership app. It's really fantastic. Dr. Kat's courses are on it as are others, and it really is uh, a safe place to get going in this work. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Get Naked with Dr. Kate. Stay connected with me on Instagram and TikTok at Dr. Kate drkatebalistrieri. Everyone has questions, and I want to answer as many as I can, so feel free to email your questions to question at If you're looking for a free 30-minute consultation with me or someone on my team, visit modernintimacy.com, and don't forget to join our newsletter, Modern Intimacy, on Substack. Let's meet back here next week. A new episode drops every Tuesday. Disclaimer, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy and does not constitute a professional relationship with Dr. Kate Balistrieri or modern intimacy. This podcast is strictly for education and entertainment purposes only.